exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinku. I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing on this November 28th, Monday? It's already November 28th. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to Christmas. It's crazy. I <laughs> know, but I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Great to hear. You have a nice Thanksgiving? I did. I had a very... I went home to relax, and I had a very... I guess, busy, relaxing weekend, if that, if that even makes sense. <laughs> no, it really does. It's the same with me. I'm, I was home for, like, really about 36 hours, so I was kind of traveling back home, doing the Thanksgiving thing. Before you know it, I'm back here on Friday. Just busy. Mm-hmm. Busy. This is the busy time of the year, time to make that money, you know, finals, all that stuff. Right. Does it get busier than now? And just as well in the sports world, it does not get busier than this time of the year. Again, I hope all of our listeners out there had a fantastic Thanksgiving with their family. Probably a few pounds heavier, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> worth some, it, right? Worth it, it, it with every every bit of food that you ate. Uh, definitely great. And then I got, I got so tired of turkey so fast. I had like three Thanksgiving meals, like <laughs> leftovers and another leftovers. And it's like, all right, now I just want a sandwich. Right. <laughs> but um, again, uh, yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving and uh, hope everyone out there did. We do have a lot to talk about on today's show nonetheless. So uh, we really are going to just dive right in. Uh, we're going to be talking about Michigan State and uh, them going to the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin here on Saturday. Biggest game I can remember in I don't know how long here for Michigan State. Definitely get into that. We'll also be talking just a little bit bit other college football got the lions for you uh thanksgiving day game a lot to discuss in that start thinking about that right now and i know this has been talked to death but we will be talking about indomitian sue we have to it's something worth talking about we'll get to that want to hear your opinions also get to a little red wings we have the nba Maybe not completely technically yet, but we really do. They're going to have a deal soon, so we're going to get a little bit into that. We have so much for you. Don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893 is the number. And again, we are going to dive right in with Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State played their final game of the regular season against Northwestern this Saturday in Evanston, playing the Wildcats. And, you know, as we all can remember from past years, the Wildcats do give the Spartans trouble. Uh, Last year, the Spartans had to have a 21-point fourth quarter comeback just to beat the Wildcats, you know, there at Northwestern. And again, this year, the game kind of started off a little bit bit slow, pretty close game to begin with. But in the second half, the Spartans really kind of broke it open, and the Spartans end up winning 31-17 at Ryan Field, winning their 10th game of the season. This is now the first time in Spartan history that they have won uh, consecutive 10-plus win seasons Congratulations to Michigan State. Hands down, all the players, everyone that has been there and believed in D'Antonio, believed in his process, believed in what he was selling. And you know what? It works. This is back-to-back 10-win seasons. We are going to play for a chance to play in the Rose Bowl, which would be the first time since 1988 that we had a chance to play in the Rose Bowl. And not to mention, if we win this against Wisconsin, we're not going to be sharing it with Ohio State or Wisconsin like last year. It will be outright ours. And Michigan State has earned that chance to do that. Now, 
Obviously, we spoke about it last week that Michigan State, in my opinion, and I think all of our opinions, needed to win this game against Northwestern to take that momentum, mm-hmm. carry it into Indianapolis here this coming Saturday. Do you think the Spartans really did a great job of doing that, emotionally and mentally preparing themselves for this upcoming game? Well, the, here, I'll, I'll give it to you straight up. I watched this straight game up. on my um, iPad because I was at my family Christmas that Oh, day. baller iPad. So nice. I, was, I was a little bit, you know, sidetracked while I was watching this, but we were, we were eating our food at Christmas, my dad and I, my brother and my mom, and we're just watching it on our iPad because you can get Big Ten to go on that, which is kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean... They looked, they looked real good. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that. They looked real good. Northwestern, I've said, from the day that they played Nebraska and beat Nebraska, has scared me ever since then. Oh, yes. Because they looked so good this season. Yeah, they'd won four straight. Mm-hmm. They looked really good. And, you know, they. I was, I was a little scared that we might lose this game, depending on the Michigan State team that showed up, the one that thought they had to take the week off in order to maybe play Wisconsin in the mm-hmm. championship game, or the team that, you know, wanted to win that game and win the, West, the Wisconsin game. But they looked good. Passing, I, I mean, they're passing. I don't know how much Kirk threw for, but their, their passing looked really good. Their running looked really good. Yes. Obviously, we have the third-best defense in the nation right yeah. now. That's right. And so, talk about it. Yeah, and I mean, they, everything just looked extremely good from what I saw. I mean, I did miss bits and pieces. I apologize that I can't really give anyone. That. Oh, don't apologize because <laughs> I'm about to admit the same thing. Mm-hmm. I watched more of the Michigan game. Call it blasphemy, <laughs> but I was much more intrigued with the Michigan Ohio State matchup mm-hmm. than this matchup. That game was on ABC. Uh, you know, right? Northwestern Michigan State on the Big Ten Network. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the Big Ten Network. It has nothing to do with the network. So I think the commentary is great. But nonetheless, I did flip back to it quite often. And, I mean, you talked about, yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, he threw for 214 yards, but was 14 of 20 passing. And that's the more important thing. Great with his accuracy. Very calm in the pocket. Very collected the entire game. He did throw a pick, but let's just chalk that one up. Whatever. He threw two touchdown Mm -hmm. passes and took care of the ball the rest of the game. And not to mention, you talked about on the ground. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, this kid a stud 86 yards on the ground 16 carries average of 5.4 yards he had a touchdown rushing you know baker contributing with 47 rushing yards you know you get some from cousins kurt uh, Keyshawn martin michigan state ran for 166 yards which is very nice to see mm-hmm. it's always good to see michigan state really get that running game going because that will be something they will obviously have to have against wisconsin here on saturday and it was good to see them do that i like it when kirk cousins throw is throwing around 20 to maybe 24 passes a game when you see him throwing 30-something, then you know your running game's not working or you're really playing from behind. And, you know, Dan Persa, he's no slouch. Persa had a great game as well. I think Michigan State came in there and really took care of business. And I, I think D'Antonio knew this, that they weren't going to let off the gas going into this week having locked up that championship game. And they needed that momentum. I really think they had to have that momentum just because you're playing a Wisconsin team that I believe is better than when we played them. Yes. And uh, they're, they're really rolling right now. They are a terrifying team to play, in, in my opinion. And it, I guess for the first minute of that Penn State-Wisconsin game, you thought maybe Penn State could win. They got up 7 nothing, completely blown coverage there in the backfield for a wide-open touchdown. And then Wisconsin... <laughs> absolutely decimated uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions. The one thing, again, and I know we bring this up often, but I'll keep bringing it up every week because if it keeps being a problem, I'll bring it up in penalties again. I will always say that. Eight penalties for 66 yards. You need to play a much more disciplined game of football. 
You cannot play this kind of football and think you will beat a team like Wisconsin. Maybe it works against Northwestern. It's also because Northwestern had 70 yards in penalties. Mm-hmm. They're kind of handing it back over. If you remember in that Wisconsin game, we had zero yards in penalties. Not one penalty committed in that Wisconsin game and not any turnovers. And that's really, again, the same kind of scheme that you want to create in that is what you really need to do for Wisconsin. It's going to be a heck of a ball game. And again, this ball game is going to be taking place December 3rd, 8.17 p.m. on Fox. Should be a fantastic game. Now, you're going to this game. I am. Yes, you are one of the lucky people <laughs> that are going to this for game. For being a season ticket holder for four years. That's true. The privilege, <laughs> yes, you have earned it. Yes. You have definitely earned that privilege. And, you know, looking at this game coming up, you've had a lot of people, you know, kind of say, I, I don't. I want to say probably more people with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska. People thinking they were more of the powerhouses of the conference. Even Ohio State losing their head coach, mm-hmm. people expect to see those teams in championships games. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are really excited to see Wisconsin and Michigan State with this rematch? You know, going back to about you know a month ago with the Hail Mary pass. I mean, you pretty much just just said it by what you just you just recited to me. The Hail Mary pass, and we beat Wisconsin. You know, we were 16, they were six. You know, and it's a big thing. Yep. Like I think I talked about it last week too. As I said, people are convinced that aren't Michigan State fans that us beating them with that Hail Mary pass was a fluke, and that's what we're going out to do right now. Is we're going out to you know prove to them if we do win to prove to them that. We, we are good, and we should be in there, and we should be going to the Rose Bowl because if we do beat Wisconsin, since we beat uh, Northwestern, we are one of the best teams in the Big Ten yeah. as of right now. And um, I, I think a lot of people are going to tune into it, A, because it is a rematch between Wisconsin and Michigan State, Michigan State winning on the Hail Mary Pass. Yes. B, it's the first ever Big Ten championship game, and you have two of the best teams in the Big Ten in it. And I, I think that's I think, I think it's going to get pretty – high ratings to be honest because they've been advertising everywhere that I've been seeing and I I think a lot of people are going to tune in I do too as well I mean not to mention is it the the night game it's the last game of the night it's 817 you know Mm -hmm. there are some other eight o'clock games slated you have you know Virginia Tech Clemson on the ACC championship game and such but this will be the only game on that has any relevance really at that time and I think it will get incredible ratings um, you know whether you have some people talking about it. You know, not being are these really the powerhouses of the Big Ten? Well, they've. Earned, I mean, Michigan State back to back ten weeks, ten win seasons is not a fluke. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you want to draw it up. I don't care how you want to say it. Any Michigan fan wants to argue this with me? Go ahead because there's no fluke in winning eleven games last year and winning ten games this year. Mm-hmm. That that not to mention how I mean how difficult Michigan State's schedule was, especially in the month of October, to go through that brutal schedule and to come out of it three and one on the month was incredibly impressive. And I think if they play Nebraska at a different time of the season, they probably beat them as well. I think they were drained physically and emotionally in that Nebraska game. Because I always got, I got Wolverine fans, oh, oh, we beat Nebraska. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. It's it's not that black and white always that it, we beat you or, you know, we beat right. them, you didn't beat them. That doesn't matter. That's like when we played Nebraska. Oh, because Wisconsin beat Nebraska and we beat Wisconsin, we're going to beat Nebraska. Yeah. Like, it, no. No, that, that, it, <laughs> that logic does not work. It just doesn't. I want to read a quote, uh, quote from Coach uh, Brett Bielema. And this is really regarding, you know, people talking about whether this game – you know, whether Michigan State and Wisconsin, you know, are rightfully there and people are excited to see it. He says, quote, I get where people are saying that uh, in the whole conference alignment, people had different opinions and, view- and views. Naturally, it progressed to where you have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan and Nebraska because they have won national championships. You can't erase the history of those four schools, but history is in the history books. We try to focus on the now and what is in the newspaper today. End quote. And that's exactly it. 
This is the here and now. This is not, you know, your father's, you know, Ohio State this year. This is not same, you know, with, you know, Michigan in a lot of ways. You can say the same thing for Penn State, you know, back, you know, not too long ago. These are the best two teams in the Big Ten. And I think this is going to be an incredible ball game. Do you th- I have just, I'm sorry, I don't want to, do you think Michigan State, not do you think, will they win this game? And we'll go to the Rose Bowl. It, it's going to be such a nitty-gritty game, and we are so biased. And how can we not be? Mm-hmm. We are very biased. But try to be in, trying to be as unbiased as possible. You know, Wisconsin, really, after you're struggling, losing those two games in a row, really playing a solid stretch run at the end of the season. Monty Ball is one of the best running backs in the league, maybe, maybe second to Trent Richardson. You know, what's going to happen here? Uh, as you were saying, biased person, biased bias. me. How can bias we not? me would say, MSU, yeah, we're going to go all the way, you know, but unbiased me, I was the person saying I wanted Penn State to be, beat Wisconsin because I would rather play Penn State than Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been good, and I will say yes, that. Yes, they have. And yes, I said if have. Wisconsin makes it to play us in the Big Ten Championship, MSU was going to lose. I've been saying that since before this weekend, since, you know, we found out we were going to the Big Ten Championship. I've been saying if we play Wisconsin, MSU is going to lose. And I'm sorry if that sounds like really downright awful to a lot of you people out there, (laughs) but they're just, I think they're the better team, to be honest. I think they've gotten a lot better since the last time we played them. And I'm not saying that we haven't, but I think they've improved a lot more drastically than Mm -hmm. we have. Um, and the one thing is that could maybe stop Wisconsin from beating us will be our defense. And will be Kirk Cousins and like completing pass after pass after pass and our running game being good. We need everything to be evenly good, I think, for us to win. But my heart's saying MSU, my head and statistics and how good Wisconsin is is saying Wisconsin. Wisconsin, so fine. I mean, you're sticking with the original. Sticking yeah, with, sticking with the Badgers. Stick with it, yeah. Hey, listen, I respect that. And honestly... You know, my head tells me a lot of the same things, uh, you know, regarding this game. And Michigan State, they have improved, but there have been a number of games this season where I've seen such flaws in their game. And whether it's, you know, physical flaws or just mental mistakes, Mm -hmm. uh, it could be either or. Again, I do think that Michigan State has a really good chance at winning this game. I still will have to go with Wisconsin in the fact that I do believe they are the better football team. And I think more importantly, you have you're talking about we beat Wisconsin twice in a row now. Mm-hmm. We beat them on the Hail Mary pass. We beat them, you know, last year, you know, at home 34-24. Yep. Not I don't I'm not trying to say that we don't have the same emotion and the same stake in wanting to win this game. I completely agree. I mean, I completely believe that every Spartan wants to win this game just as bad as every Badger. Oh yeah. But I think Wisconsin's a better team and I think it's really tough to beat any team three times in a row. Can Michigan State play on that that big stage? We'll see. We will see. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for you, Sparty, all day. Uh-huh. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Please prove me wrong. We're going to go to the phone lines real fast, though. Hey, Paul, you're on the Sparty Sports Wrap. Hey, uh, good, af- good, good afternoon. This is Paul from uh, Detroit calling. How's it going? And You know what? I, I just couldn't wait for you to bring up the Lions later because I'm, I'm just so disappointed in the, the Lions' performance on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And not to mention uh, Adama Kong Sue. And- um, <laughs> With his uh, his antics out there, I mean, I you know I defended him a few weeks ago. I said he wasn't a dirty player. He just had a lot of a passion. He was intense. Yep. 
But um, you know what? I think he's not dirty. He's, like, filthy. I mean, the man is just out of control. Okay, so real fast. And, yeah, we are definitely going to be getting to that here. Uh, you're probably within the next 10 to 12 minutes. But how many games would you suspend Ndamukong Sue for? Because this is a question I want to pose to our listeners, you know, from, you know, Michigan fans, you know, Detroit, you know, fans. You know, try to be as unbiased as possible. What do you think Sue deserves for what he did? Okay, I'll be honest. In my opinion, I think uh, Dominican Sue should be suspended uh, two games. Okay, two games. And I think because, you know, his behavior over the, the course of the season, I mean, what is this? From last year to this year, was he had like nine personal fouls? Uh, yeah, he has had nine personal fouls, which uh, has been terribly bad. He's been fined $42,500 in the course of his short one-and-a-half-year career. So I mean, two games. I yeah, and yeah. I'm not even gonna say my. I'm not even gonna say my uh, what I think right now because I want our listeners to think a little bit more about that. But uh, real fast before I let you go, Paul, and we keep going. What do you think of the Lions real quickly against the Saints on Sunday night? You know, I think it's a downward spiral from here. I think they're going to lose to New Orleans, and um, you know, I just I, I didn't like what I saw on Thanksgiving. The way they they played the Packers, uh, the mistakes. Uh, it, it was just ugly to see, and and. Um, you know, I just think that uh, I think they're going to get handled by New Orleans. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really difficult game, Paul. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the phone call. Hope you have a nice evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, and we will definitely dive headfirst into the Lions because I have a lot to say. I'm trying to hold back uh, <laughs> right now. We are trying to just finish up college football here really fast. The new BCS standings did come out. LSU is your number one. Alabama, two. Oklahoma State is now your new number three. Stanford is four. You have Virginia Tech at five. Houston still undefeated. Only them and LSU, the only undefeated teams left. Houston ranked sixth. Boise State is your number seven. Arkansas, eight. Oregon, nine. And Oklahoma, ten. Michigan State is 13th now in the BCS standings, moved up from 17 there. And Michigan State is 11th in the AP poll and 9th, actually, in the coaches poll. Oh, yeah. Coaches really love us. And I think, you know, we were kind of complaining about the BCS standings to a degree last week. I think 13th is perfect. I think that's exactly really how good Michigan State is. South Carolina, I do believe, is a better team. Maybe I do think, yeah, Kansas State is the only team in there at 11 that I believe they are too high. But beyond that, all that, all these rankings look exactly as they should be. For all you Wolverine fans that actually do listen to the Spartan Sports Wrap, uh, the Wolverines are 16th in the BCS standings, and they are 17th in the AP after they beat Ohio State. Really didn't make any ground up after beating Ohio State. Actually, he's kind of surprised by that. I, that was a, I only saw part of that game, but that was a good game. Ohio it was State a great game. A good game. It was a great game. I, I watched most of that whole game, and I tell you, it, the back-and-forth nature of it, would, as soon as you thought Michigan was really going to blow open out of nowhere Braxton Miller has a, a fantastic throw or whatever it may have been and I was just very impressed the first really good game I've seen with Michigan Ohio State in a while at least in a, at least five or six usually years OSU blew them out yeah usually they do especially the last you know under the rich ride years lately but yeah quickly around the Big Ten Nebraska beat Iowa 20 to 7 uh, Michigan again beat Ohio State 40 to 34 first time they've won in seven years so uh, congratulations to Michigan uh, you know that's definitely impressive I was rooting for Michigan in this game I don't like Ohio State I, mean, hmm. I, I, I will I'll be I'll root for the state at times like I'll root, I'll root against Michigan a lot of weeks but against Ohio State 
See you later. <laughs> See you later, Adam Sandler. Luke Finkel is no longer their coach. Uh, Purdue beat Indiana 33-25. Minnesota beat Illinois 27-7. to Illinois, an absolute collapse. The final six games of the season to finish 6-6. Six and six. And again, Wisconsin absolutely decimating Penn State. 45-7 to is your final score there. Real quickly, just a couple other games around college football. LSU played Arkansas here on Friday in a game where Arkansas had a 14 to nothing lead and completely let it evaporate, losing 41 to 17. That game just got out of hand fast. Houston stayed undefeated, like I was saying, beating Tulsa 48 to 16. Alabama beats Auburn 42 to 14. Beyond that, not too many exciting games. Stanford beats Notre Dame 28 to 14. A lot of the other games kind of went as we would have assumed. Georgia did beat Georgia Tech 31-17 to play in the championship game coming up here. South Carolina beat Clemson 34-13 to extend their winning to their record to 10-2. And those are pretty much your big games around the league. For all of you that are interested in these championship games, as I am, coming up here on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it will kick off on Thursday. December 1st at 8 p.m. with the Big East Championship game. Number 23, West Virginia, will take on South Florida. On Friday night, we'll have a, ooh, Ohio Bobcats versus Northern Illinois. There's a must-see. <laughs> and then uh, then you will have the Pac-12 Championship game. UCLA will be playing Oregon. It would have been USC playing Oregon, but USC has had, you know, they have sanctions due to, you know, all the scandals with, well, not even, I don't want to call it scandals. I guess they're kind of scandals. You know, Reggie Bush taking money, Pete Carroll, all that good stuff. So they're not even allowed to compete in a bowl game, so they can't play in the championship game as well. Some of the other big championship games that you well, I, you probably would like to tune into. Oklahoma will be playing Oklahoma State at 8 p.m. That game will be at, on ABC for the Big 12 championship. Again, Virginia Tech taking on Clemson at 8 o'clock as well. That game on ESPN. And Michigan State and Wisconsin, 8-17. It's like college basketball on Fox. Should be a great game, and I won't have to miss any of it because of work. <laughs> good. No, very good. If I missed any, I would I would take off work. I would just call <laughs> in. I mean, I can't miss this game. It can't miss. And again, like I was saying, Ohio State, they are back. They are back and better than ever. As we all really thought it would happen, but it wasn't official. Now it is. Urban Meyer is going to be the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. So Luke Finkel, who was the interim head coach here for this season, leading his team to a 6-6 six and six record. Yes, they are bowl eligible, but they went with the big man, Urban Meyer. He's going to be making $4 million a season, plus another $2.4 million in retention payments through 2017 and if anyone wants to question Mr. Urban Meyer's record over his years of coaching where he was at Bowling Green, Utah and Florida he was at he has a record of 104 and 23 in 10 seasons huh. pretty incredible not to mention winning two national championships with Florida in 2006 and 2008 I hate to see Urban Meyer there because he's good He's going to bring Ohio State right back. That alone, we've already I've already seen kids decommit from good schools like Miami just to already go to Ohio State. Really? So it's going to be very interesting to see really how many good guys Ohio State does pick up at this point. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're going to briefly talk touch on a little bit of Michigan State basketball. Big game coming up here on Wednesday against Florida State. After that, we're diving headfirst into the Detroit Lions. Then we're going to have a little NBA for you. Got some NHL news. Guys all busted up, so we got to talk about it. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. I got 
You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave and Megan here with you. Got about 33 minutes left, so let's get going. We have so much to talk about. Michigan State played Eastern Michigan here on Sunday uh, at Eastern Michigan, actually, and they absolutely walloped them. 72-40 to was your final score in a game that was really pretty slow-paced in the first half. Michigan State came out very strong in the second half and went on a 23-4 to run to really blow this game wide open. Michigan State did also play... Um, Wisconsin-Milwaukee on, uh, I believe it was Wednesday that they played Wisconsin-Milwaukee and beat them as well. Michigan State now 4-2 and after starting off the season 0-2 with losses to North Carolina and Duke, which, yeah, very tough games, of course. Uh, Michigan State now will be playing in the ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge, which uh, will come here to the Breslin Center, and that will take place on Wednesday, and they will be playing Florida State here on Wednesday, which really looks to be, uh, should be a very good game. Florida State a team that is much better than their uh, – I don't even want to say much better than their record. They're 5-2. and two. Okay, they should be even undefeated, really ranked. The thing is they lost a tough game to Harvard, and then they lost an overtime game by two points to number 4-ranked UConn here this past weekend. So instead of Florida State coming in here ranked – and, I mean, they're a very, very good defensive team. Now they're 5-2. and two. Obviously, it'll still be a solid win for us. You know, won't mean as much in the fact that they're not ranked as of right now. But it should be a very good game coming up here for Michigan State against Florida State. Again, this game is going to be taking place on Wednesday. 7.30 will be the time that game gets going. Have you watched? I mean, I didn't, I didn't see this game on Sunday. I didn't see this game against Eastern Honestly, with college basketball and me, I really don't get into college basketball as much until it kind of gets a little bit, a, a little bit further into the season. Don't get me wrong; I watch North Carolina, watch Duke, but I'm not watching us play Arkansas Little Rock. I don't really care. Uh, I just it does it. You know, I can't really. I don't think I can pull a lot from that. You can't. What can I analyze really when they're playing that? But even in this game where they played Eastern, I think there are some things you can look at for this team. They shot two of twelve from three point land, uh, which was very pathetic. Uh, in so many words. And the real issue for Michigan State in this game against Florida State will really be, you know, you look at free throw percentage, three-point percentage, and field goal percentage. And that's the thing. And even Tom Izzo has already stated that, you know, this team has been struggling shooting the basketball. Free throw percentage, they're only shooting 64% from the foul line. You need to do a lot better than that if you're, you know, a Michigan State Tom Izzo coach team. I mean, come on, Tom Izzo, this is free throw guru. You better do better from the free throw line. Draymond shooting 62% from the line. You're going to have to pick that up. 
He's going to have to. Our best foul shooters as of right now, Austin Thornton, who is shooting almost 90% from the foul line, and Brandon Wood, who is shooting 86% from the foul line. Everybody else is shooting either 50%, 60%, high 60s. And three-point percentage, they're shooting only 24% from three-point lane. Hmm. You do not want that number at around 20-some percent. I just look at Florida State. They're a very, very defensive team. They're a big team. They're shooting almost 35% from three-point land, 72% from the free-throw line, and 46% from the field. We're shooting 42% from the field. I think it's going to be a really good game. Florida State, again, Harvard is a team. I say Harvard, and people might think, who cares about Harvard? They're almost ranked. They received a lot of votes, over 100 votes in the AP poll. So Harvard, a team to watch out for. So Florida State is a team coming in here with something to prove after losing two games in a row. I think this is, a, this is the biggest game for Michigan State until the Big Ten season starts. Mm-hmm. Big Ten season hasn't started yet. This will be the last big matchup that Michigan State has and should be a good game. 7.30, you going to watch it? Uh, yeah. I mean, Florida State, I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Stop going to all these games <laughs> and invite me to one. You pay the money for them, you go. That's uh, the way it works. It's very true. Yeah. I, do, I do need to pay the money for it. I, the only thing is, though, I have been slacking. I did miss the f- first four home games that we had tickets to. I did. I sold I sold them. It was terrible. Well, at I'm least sorry. you sold them. You got money. Oh, one of them I didn't, but the other three I did. <laughs> but no, I, I think I'm going to go to this one, actually. This one this Wednesday. No, I mean, no, that should be a really good game to see, without doubt. And again, Florida State did just fall out of the rankings. They were ranked 20th in the coaches' poll and 22nd in the AP poll. So they're not a team to overlook by any means. So that should be a very good game. Again, that takes place here at the Breslin Center. Big Ten ACC Challenge, 7.30 Wednesday night. Definitely check it out if you want to. Uh, The AP Top 25 for college basketball to Kentucky is your new number one. Ohio State is two. Duke is three, Syracuse four, North Carolina five, Louisville sixth, and we have Baylor at seven, Connecticut falling to eight after their loss, and then Wisconsin nine, Florida ten. Michigan is actually 14th in the AP poll. They're five and one. Cool. They're playing, they're playing decent. They did beat Memphis, and that was a pretty impressive win against Memphis, and they kept it close against Duke. So Michigan, those should be some really good basketball games between mm-hmm. Michigan and Michigan State this year. Oh, yeah. They were last year. Hopefully they're not as heartbreaking both times as they were last year. <laughs> I think we are just so convinced that we were going to beat them, and they beat us, and we're like, uh, <laughs> how do you react to that? <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, they always see, oh, it's been a thousand some days, and it's like, no, now it's not. No, we lose. <laughs> no, now it's for, now it's days in their end, so whatever. <laughs> But, uh, you know, should be some uh, good college basketball there on Wednesday. But we're going to get on to what I wanted to talk about this whole time, and this is the Detroit Lions. The Lions played on Thanksgiving Day in a game that has meant more on Thanksgiving Day than in many years. Mm. Really can't recall the last time that a game of this magnitude was played, you know, the Lions on Thanksgiving. You know, Packers at 10-0, Lions at 7-3, and you know, fighting for a spot to possibly even still win the division if you beat the Packers here this game. Not to mention solidify yourself at least better in the wild card standings. But the Lions lose, and the Lions lost 27-15. to The score is misleading. They scored a touchdown with like 10 seconds left in the game. So really chalked that up to 27-7 to practically for me. But the Lions lose, and they outplayed the Packers so well in the first half. They, had, they were moving the ball efficiently. They were running the ball well. They were passing the ball well. But they were doing the things that we always say you can't do. You can't have penalties to negate first downs and not get back out of field goal range. You can't have sloppy turnovers. These were the things we beat to death before this game last Monday. What do the pack, what do the Lions have to do to beat the Packers? Well, let's see. They can't turn the ball over and they can't have dumb penalties. And what do they do? They rack up 75 yards in penalties in the first half. 
to knock themselves out of field goal range more than one time. They were on the 30, the 35, and before you know it, they're at midfield yet again because of a personal foul, because of a holding, whatever the case might have been. The Lions shot themselves in the foot. They were only down 7 to nothing to the Packers at the half, outplaying them the entire time. And then it gets blown open in the second half, and before you know it, it's really game over. It's 24 nothing. Nothing's going well for us, and it's done. And, you know, a loss would have been something. Again, I... I know I picked the Lions to win this game, but I think that was just the buys side of me saying, oh, somehow the Lions are going to – they'll make it happen somehow. <laughs> well, the biggest disappointment to all this was not necessarily the Lions losing. The Packers are an amazing football team. They are a very great football team. It's what happened with Ndamukong Sue. And this is something that you saw the caller Paul had brought up a little bit earlier in the show. And if no one has seen what happens here, basically Ndamukong Sue is on the ground. I mean, I, I assume almost every Lions fan has seen it, but he's on the ground pushing Dietrich's head into the ground and then after stomping on his arm, which he gets ejected for in the third quarter, which was obviously a very egregious, out-of-control penalty, not having your head on straight. Again, like I asked Paul, what kind of penalty does he deserve for this? I mean, this guy goes to Roger, Roger Goodell Last week, no, two weeks ago, to try to say, I want to learn the rules. I want to be better with this. I want to know how to do this right. Roger Goodell, we had a great understanding of this. I really think he knows how to play within the confines of the game. Blah, blah, blah. And like Paul had said, I've defended this guy repeatedly to death week after week. Every time talks about him being a dirty player, whatever the case may be, I defend him. And then he does something so boneheaded, so stupid, so selfish that now he will be suspended at least a minimum of two games. He might get more, not only to mention because of who he is, his you know his past history. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're going to go to the phone lines real fast. Hey, Pedro, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How's it going? How's it going, Dave? Yeah, this is Pedro, man. I was just calling, you know, to comment on that whole Nadamik and Sue thing because, quite frankly, dude, I just think that was just a terrible – everybody said it was a t- terrible display of sportsmanship. But I think a lot of it really just stems down to Schwartz, you know. Okay. I think that he is just condoning this type of culture in his locker room. You know, when you look at players that he's coached in the past, you know, he was a Titans defensive coordinator for a while, you know, coached Albert Hainsworth coached um, Cortland Finnegan, you know, two of the yep. more dirtier guys in the league. Then, you know, he goes over to a new team, and it's like the same things that are happening. I mean, I think he, he is, at the end of the day, it is him who is responsible for this. This team is taking on the characteristics of its coach, and they are, quite frankly, just some bad characteristics. Oh, listen, I, I, I can completely agree with the fact that, I mean, you can even see Jim Schwartz on the sideline when Sue comes off, and he's kind of puts, he's kind of shrugging his shoulders like, yeah, I don't know why they called that. Why are they ejecting you? And I, I do agree that I think there is a, you know, you can see that there's something going on there where Jim Schwartz obviously doesn't have a big problem with what Sue is doing because I don't think Sue would do something like that if he knew that, hey, you're not going to be playing at all if you, if you do anything even similar or even close to something like that. Pedro, I want to know how many games is this guy getting suspended? How many will he get suspended and how many should he get suspended? I'm I'm gonna agree with what everybody's saying. It, it'll probably be two, but I think I would like to see it be three only because I mean two. You know, it's what everybody's expecting, and I think two would have been fine had he not made those post game comments because that's another thing that really did just you know push me over the edge with this guy. Is like I mean, how are you just gonna go out on national television and just lie to everybody and say it was an accident that you were stumbling? Because you know what, I've stumbled plenty of times and I've never just put my weight down on my right foot when I'm 
stumbling to try to get my balance. You know, and it was just that. That I think with those comments he made at the end, you know, give the guy three games because. And I, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I completely agree with what Skip Bayless said on first take. How delusional are you? How removed are you from what is going on that you actually thought people would believe that you were just trying to get out of the situation that you were losing your balance? Like, really? Come on now. Like, is that really what you think of your fans that they're going to believe something like that? Or uh, or anybody to believe that? I think an eight year old watching that football game knew exactly. What had just happened there on the field. Pedro, I really appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. No no problem, man. All right, bye. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines. Phone boards blowing up. (laughs) Everyone cares. Everyone does. Thank God. All right, Al, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How's it going? All right, pretty good. How you doing? Not too bad. Yeah, I want to talk about that incident. Uh, You know, uh, I just want to say that... uh, you know, I mean, he's a young kid. How old is he? I mean, he's only, I believe, about 21, 22. Well, I think he might have played four. He's probably, no, he's like 23. I'll take that back. Well, you know, the thing is that you have to keep your emotions in check. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, these guys are talking out there on the field that we don't even hear, okay? I mean, they're, they're getting on each other, okay? Well, you have to hold that in check. If you want to get back at the guy, we'll do it on the next play. I mean, don't, don't do something like that, something stupid. Somebody's got to teach this kid how to play football. If you want to get back at somebody, that's fine. But do it on the next play. I mean, Gordy Howe, he was no angel. I mean, he was out there. He was doing things. I mean, uh, but the referee's never seen it. I mean, here here he's got to learn how to do things. And, uh, you know, if you want to take him out, or I don't mean take him out. I just mean, you know. Uh, you hit him hard on the next play. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, but you have to hold your emotions in check. I mean, the money to him is nothing. I mean, 40-some thousand, that's nothing. These guys get paid way too much money to begin with, okay? But the thing is, is that if you want to play the game, learn how to play smart. No, I completely agree. I got a quick question for you, Al. How many games do you believe in Dominicus who should be suspended? You know, these old-timers, they're probably listening to this, and they're probably thinking, you know what, I used to go through this every game. I mean, every weekend. I mean, and, come on. And yet, listen, I've made this argument that this has become the become the no-fun league as well, of course. You can't hit quarterbacks basically any, anywhere anymore. They're untouchable. But at the same time, I don't care what era you're playing in, there is no excuse. Now when you have 24 cameras or 14 cameras flying around a stadium these days to stomp on someone's arm and think nobody's going to see that. That's well, not you know, that's not you know, playing tough. Is, that's playing stupid. You know, the thing is nowadays, too, though, you have to understand that these guys are so pumped before the game. I mean, you watch the national anthem. Look at these guys on the sidelines. They all look like they have to go to the bathroom. I mean, <laughs> that blood is flowing through them like, like never before. I mean, you know, everything is up. You just have to be smart about what you're doing. And, I mean, like I said, back then, I mean, this would have been said and done. It would have been already put to bed. Everything would have been rested. But, no, we have to blow it up to all kinds of proportions. Okay, so here we go. Now, how many games? Will how many be- games? I'm going to say, uh, I, I hope, I hope that he gets only two games. 
okay? Because I don't need this to go. I mean, it's football for God's sakes. I mean, I mean, hockey nowadays. I've watched hockey back in my time. I mean, you got to remember, I'm 53, so I've been watching hockey for a long time. I mean, nowadays you can't even uh, hit the guy without getting up. I mean, what is sports coming to? I mean, I know, but Al, there's a difference. The difference between guys taking flops and you know, there's obviously no zone to hit quarterbacks, and you know, guys are defenseless. There's a lot of crappy calls in sports these days. Don't get me wrong, but I will not for a second, and for a second, defending Dominican Sue on what he did. No, not I agree. for a second. I agree. I agree. What he did was wrong, and you know the thing is, like the other caller called in and said, Schwartz has got to take this under his, and he's got to educate this kid and teach him how to play sports smart, not stupid, but smart. No, I completely agree, Al. Thanks a lot for the call. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. And I mean, and this is something that I think gets a lot of people fired up because you know it's one of our you know best, one of our most talented players. I guess I, I think is a better way to say it. And to be that selfish again, and that's what it comes down to. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, this guy was getting at you doing something that you know no ref picked up on, but you can't be that egregious and go to that length to try to make your point because you were upset. Well, this guy was doing this to me. Well, too bad. You sound like two kids on a school, you know, on, you know, on, the, on the playground. It doesn't matter because if one kid did something to you and the teacher didn't see it and then you just punch that other kid in the face, I'm sorry, but you're going to get in trouble for punching the kid in the face, not the other kid that did something stupid. you got to have your head in check. And here's the quote that uh, our caller Pedro was discussing that he says after the game, quote, what I did was remove myself from the situation in the best way I felt. I was being held down. My intentions were not to kick anybody as I did not. As you see, I was walking away from the situation, end quote. If I could swear on the air, I would right now. That is bull. Okay, absolute bull. My intentions were not to kick anybody. You were, Your leg doesn't accidentally stomp down. It doesn't. The legs just don't do that. Uh, at least from my experience with legs, legs don't accidentally do that. It was a very conscious thing that he did. And again, like Pedro had said, it's absolutely insane to think that anybody in the media, the fans, the team, would think that he did not do that intentionally. I mean, Megan, any comments on this, uh, on Sue here? Oh, Ndamukong Sue. I mean, like you were saying, people say he's the dirtiest player in football, and I keep saying, no, he's got the adrenaline, and now you see stuff like this happening, and you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to think that so much anymore, you know? And it's just, it, it, for him as a person, he's bringing it upon himself, and it's very unfortunate. I actually talked to him because you know I only got to listen to the game; I didn't get to watch it. Yes. Um, but I did hear when he got ejected, and I talked to my grandpa about it, who's been—I mean, he's sixty-four. He's been a long time Lions fan, like uh-huh. born and raised in Michigan, and he's like, "They're going to get rid of him. They can't afford to keep him around anymore. He's a good player, but he needs to go." Now needs to go in a sense of being suspended or needs to go like off the team for off good. Off the team. But who's and he was just saying who's gonna pick him up, who wants to deal with all that bad publicity, who wants you know, he's a good player. He just can't control his temper right now. Yeah, I mean I think that it's nothing to go overboard and say we need to get him off the team. he's a young kid, as mm-hmm. we stated, and that's not always an excuse, but is you know, there's a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. He is only twenty three or so and you know, there's a lot of work there. And I think it all goes back to like our college have said and I Schwartz needs to put this in check, and he needs to let him know that this is not a kind of culture that will be accepted. You know, yeah, we're, yeah, we want to kind of be looked at as the bad boys of the of football. You can be the bad boys of football without being dirty. Mm-hmm. You can be the bad boys and the aggressive, you know, just demonstrative bunch of men in that front four line and not be a team that gets four or five separate personal foul calls every game yeah. because of some stupid, idiotic thing you do. 
Okay, and Dominican Sue, he's not a leader of our team. He's a talented player. He's not a leader. Leaders are like Kyle Vandenbosch, older guys. You know, just it's not Sue. Sue needs to go to anger management like the Lions are forcing him to do. Yeah. Get that in check. The Lions are going to be finding him $25,000. The Lions, all, and not uh, as well, they will have to pay a $50,000 fine because their team will have racked up over $100,000 in penalties this season alone. Going back to the Bears-Lions game, where both teams combine for $62,500 in fines. What like what? What else can you do though? I'm just trying to figure out. You know, the fining is obviously not going to do anything. Fining does nothing because he obviously makes more money than I don't even know. But like, what <laughs> what else? What else could they do? Like, except for suspending him? Do you think suspending him is really going to straighten him out and sending him to anger management? I do. I do for one real one real big reason. I think it, because his teammates think so as well, mm-hmm. and I think he. He's not a, he's not afraid or upset of disappointing Roger Goodell or disappointing anybody on that opposing side of the football. But when mm-hmm. his own teammates say he should be suspended, we won't we don't accept this. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Corey, you know Williams that say I'm gonna have to take him inside and talk to him mm-hmm. because this is not something that you can do. It's mm-hmm. not something you can get away with. I think that alone that he will want to earn the respect of his teammates back. I think he will try to keep himself in check from doing things like this at least. Mm-hmm. He's had personal foul penalties I never agreed with. You know, when he hit Jay, Jay Cutler last year in the back, which they said it was a forearm shiver, which it wasn't, I thought that was a bad call. Mm-hmm. But when you're ripping off Andy Dalton's head there in preseason, that's dirty. It really is. That's not aggressive. That's dirty. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we saw it here with this incident. And I just think just for the fact that his teammates are really disappointed in him, I think he's going to have to he's gonna have to put on that good face and, you know, become a better player. They need to figure something out with him because he, he is good. That's oh, he's, the thing he, we keep he's real good. He is good. He just gets into situations like he did Thursday and gets ejected from games. You're not going to help the team by getting yourself kicked no. out. No, not not helping there, and not to mention a 15 you know yard penalty there. It's just it's all bad. Nothing's good, and you know Tony Dungy um, thinks that. Schwartz is part of the problem as well. And maybe not just Jim Schwartz, but in general. Uh, Tony Dungy uh, was on the Dan Patrick radio show today, and he said, quote, I really have to fault the Detroit organization. I think they could have really stopped this. I think they could have had a preemptive strike and said, hey, we've got to get this player under control, end quote. And that's exactly it. It's really true. Yeah, you can blame the guy. He's out there on the field. He's in control of his own actions. The organization isn't. But if the organization came down strong enough to let him know that not any of this is even semi-tolerated, then maybe he wouldn't have done something like that. Oh, yeah. Because he was not only stomped on his arm, he was pushing his head down three times into the turf. Angry. Very, very, very angry. The Lions have a big game coming up here. Sunday night football. Again, that game was bumped. It used to it was going to be a 1 o'clock game. It is now Sunday night at 820 at New Orleans, which is going to be a very, very difficult game. As Paul had mentioned earlier, one of our callers, I don't think the Lions are going to win this game. I think the Lions, quite frankly, have two to three more wins left in their tank this season. I think they win it. They beat Minnesota at home. The way the Chargers are playing, I think Tim Tebow by himself could maybe beat the Chargers these days. I don't know. The Chargers really suck. They just are bad. The Chargers have completely underachieved this entire season. And beyond that, we're not. I don't think we win at Green Bay at the end of the year now. I don't think that we win against New Orleans this week. And honestly, probably we'll lose at Oakland because I don't think it's going to be an easy game as well. I mean, 9-7, 10-6. 10-6 maybe gets you a wild card spot. 
it's tough to say. The Lions are competing, you know, with a slew of teams from the Pack, not the Packers, excuse me, from the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Bears. There's a lot of teams to deal with. Lions better take care of business. I see them losing quite handedly, actually, here on Sunday. I just don't. I don't know if they get it together. Do you think they'll win on Sunday? Yeah, not after Thursday. I don't think. I just. I mean, not to mention, I think Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, hands down. Um, I, I would only put Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. That'd probably be my three ranks if I had to do it. But he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's been he, he's played incredible this season, having a Pro Bowl year again as usual. I just don't think that we have enough. It's because of the injuries as well. The Lions have been beat to death with injuries. They have just placed Javid Best here on the injured reserve list. So Javid Best, as I think a lot of us would kind of assumed, he is not going to be returning to us at all this season. He suffered his second concussion of the season against the San Francisco 49ers on October 16th. And he's just, he's not going to be playing. Suffered his first concussion in the exhibition game at Cleveland. Had a concussion at Cal. I don't mind. This guy needs, if he gets hit one more time, he might never play football again. That's how bad these concussions. You have three concussions, and you're only 22 years old, 23 years old, and bad concussions. You know, it's unfortunate to see. Lions have just had bad luck when it comes to running backs this season. You know, Mikel LaShore, uh, the guy, the rookie we drafted, he went down in training camp, torn Achilles tendon. Then you got Jerome Harrison with the brain tumor, so we couldn't even pick up Ronnie Brown, and we had to cut Jerome Harrison. And now Kevin Smith goes down with a high ankle sprain. You know, you see him getting carted off the field there on the Thanksgiving Day game. Now, here's a quote from Kevin Smith regarding his injury. He says, quote, it wasn't that bad. It's just a matter of I couldn't cut. If I can't help, I can't play. That's the bottom line. I've got 10 days to heal in my mind. I'll be ready. We will see what happens, end quote. Hopefully, Kevin Smith can be ready to play here on Sunday because we are going to need him. I, you know, Maurice Morris, he's been working his butt off for the team. He's doing all he can, but he can't be the lone guy. Mm-hmm. He just can't be the lone guy. So hopefully, you know, hopefully Kevin Smith can get healthy because that game we saw him play against Carolina the week before, he just looked explosive. Back oh, to yeah. his old self. Looked great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. Some other bad news as well. The Detroit Lions will be without Louis Delmas. Uh, most likely has not been confirmed for sure, but Louis Delmas most likely will not be playing. He injured his knee in the first half of the game against the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to have some injuries. It looks like Nick Fairley or Sammy Hill are going to be the guys that would be replacing Indomitian Sue. Chris Harris looks like he will be replacing Louis Delmas. So it should be an interesting game coming up here on Sunday night. Again, the Lions will be playing the New Orleans Saints Sunday night, 820. Prime time again. Hopefully we don't have some more stupid penalties that we can have the whole nation talk about as usual. we got handshakes this year. Indomitian Sue stepping on arms. Come on, play football. Let's win games. Uh, really quickly, around the rest of the NFL, on Thanksgiving Day, the Dolphins also played the Cowboys. Cowboys winning on a late field goal, winning 20-19. to Ravens absolutely, I don't want to say demolishing, but defense just kept those 49ers in check all game. Ravens winning 16-6. to Really good game there. Falcons beat the Vikings 24-14 to go to 7-4. The Bengals topped the Browns to stay in contention with the Steelers and Ravens in the AFC North. Titans end up beating the Buccaneers 23-17. The Panthers beat the Colts 27-17. Colts 0-11. We're going to start talking real soon if this team's going 0-16. They play next games are at, they're playing New England, and then I believe they're playing, gosh, Oakland. They can join the completely defeated club. They can. They're really, they're really looking like it. This team, this team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Colts. 
You'll get the number one pick, though. It's That's, okay. It's my cousin's favorite uh, team, actually. Really? Yeah, my little cousin, he's 13, and he's a Colt fan all the way. When They're going to the Big Ten Championship game this weekend, too, and he's all excited because it's at Lucas Oil Stadium. He's like, but our team's not very good this year, and I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> not very good. They are horrible. <laughs> they are horrible. Uh, let's see. The Cardinals end up beating the Rams 23-20. to Patrick Peterson is a monster. This kid out of LSU, he's already had four punt returns for touchdowns this season. Uh, you know, all-time record for a rookie. He's looking to, he could break Devin Hester's, Hester's record. He keeps up like this. The Jets get a nice win against the Bills at home. A pretty much season-saving victory. Mark Sanchez throws four touchdowns. Jets win 28-24. to Texans end up beating the Jaguars 20-13. to Texans, though, no luck with quarterbacks. They pick up Matt Leinart, or Matt Leinart, excuse me, don't pick him up. He was their backup. And what happens? He just breaks his collarbone in the second quarter. There you go. So, well, that's why they picked up Kellen Clemens as well, because I'm doubting Yates, who came in for Leinart, is going to be starting. So, Cle- Kellen Clemens looks like he will be quarterbacking the Texans from here on out. The Raiders end up beating the Bears 25-20. to Go Raiders. We really need the Bears to keep losing. Caleb Haney actually looked a lot better than I thought he would. Caleb Haney, not that bad. Very good mobile quarterback. He's just got to work on some of that passing, but does seem like that will come with some time. Patriots demolishing the Eagles. The Eagles, one of the biggest disappointments this season in the NFL. Patriots winning 38-20. Redskins beating the Seahawks 23-17. Broncos beating the Chargers. Broncos, Tim Tebow, 5-1 under Tebow. Huh. Broncos, 6-5. The Chargers, a woeful 4-7. Broncos won in OT. So close to a tie game, and I wanted a tie game so bad. So bad. We haven't had one in three years. Mm-hmm. And they'd probably do away with ties here soon enough, so... Let's have another. Let's have a tie game this season. Steelers beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football in a game that was much closer than I ever anticipated. Steelers end up winning thirteen to nine again. Monday Night Football tonight, eight thirty kickoff time. New Orleans Saints playing the New York Giants. Eli versus Drew Brees should be a really good game. That game is on ESPN. If you would like to check it out. Uh, and really quickly, and I just want to uh, let's talk about this really fast. Okay. NBA, NBA's back. Yeah. It was announced the NBA is going to be starting on December 25th, Christmas Day. They will have uh, three uh, three games slated up there. It's going to be some really good games. I believe you have Celtics, Knicks, uh, Lakers, uh, let's see, Heat, Mavericks, and then Lakers. i got to look that up. I'll have it in a second. Nonetheless, basketball is back. 66-game season. Should be very exciting. Are you happy the NBA is back? <laughs> You're asking the wrong I know you person. don't like the NBA. And that's why I am asking you because I love the NBA, so of course I'm happy it's back. Oh, yeah. But, you know, for someone that's not as into the NBA in general, did this 149-day lockout dissuade you from liking – like, do you dislike the NBA more? Are you not as even – like, would you have been into it a little bit more if they didn't have this lockout? Or is it just – I just don't like basketball still that much. I, I just – I'm not a fan of the NBA. I just think that it's changed so much over the years back when, like, Michael Jordan and all them played. You know, it was actually basketball to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just – I don't know. I just – I don't like the NBA. I just I don't I don't not, this lockout didn't do anything. Me as like a person as, as some sort of you want to quote unquote fan, which I'm not really, um, <laughs> just an outsider. Yes, an outside an outside uh, opinion. Well, yeah. What do you think? It just the average Joe Blow. If we were to walk around, you know, holding hall right now and say, what do you think of the NBA? Are you happy it's back? You have to find the right person to be honest. I have talked to so many people that dislike the NBA just because of what it is today. Um, you know, I, I don't like it. If I was a reporter, on the other hand, say I was working for a newspaper company, people are probably ecstatic that they have something oh, going else crazy. to throw in their news newscast for the day or something else to throw in their newspaper. But as a as a fan 
quote-unquote, obviously a very light fan, uh, or as an average Joe Blow, as like you said, I I think people are just like, whatever. Oh, okay, they came to an agreement? Cool. Like, you you love basketball, so you're like, yeah, let's do this. I am, I am. Yeah, excited. but then there's, like, there's going to be people like that, and then other people are like, oh, I could really care less. And then I was watching some kid, I was talking to some kid, um, and he's all excited because he's a big LeBron James fan, so he think the heat's going to go all the way, and then he's like, but what are people going to, like, take it away from LeBron because it's only a 66-game season? And I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. No, it really is crazy, but, I mean, it should be. I, I think it's exciting, I, the fact that they're – actually squeezing in 66 games, which really is most of the season, to be honest with you. They're only missing out on 16 games. So, uh, yeah, it's quite exciting. And, again, the matchups on Christmas Day finally saw those. It will be the Knicks against the Celtics, the Mavericks against the Miami Heat, and the Lakers against the Chicago Bulls. That is your triple header on Christmas Day. It ended up being a 51-49 split for the uh, revenue. The owners getting the 49 and the players getting 51. Uh, The players still, though, Feeling they got screwed, the owners will pretend they got screwed. But the owners won, and the owners were right. I think the owners were they were right in this deal. And I'm just happy they worked something out. I think they realized we had to do something. Owners were losing too much money. Players were losing too much money. And Christmas Day, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting on Christmas Day because I don't think a lot of people really get into the NBA either starting like usually October 31st, mm-hmm. November 1st. I mean, I still would rather have an 82-game season, don't get me wrong, but... Very excited about this. Should be really good. And for all of you big fans out there, December 9th, free agency will be uh, beginning there. So December 9th, we'll finally see some moves. We'll definitely be getting into more about the Pistons and what they're going to be doing. Because I haven't talked about it because I thought there wasn't going to really be a season. Right. So why discuss it? I said there wasn't. It just it was really low. I mean, all the rhetoric that we were hearing and the fact that you know they you know disbanded the union and that they were going to go to court. And then out of nowhere, when you see that report where they're actually meeting unexpectedly five days later, I had good I had good feelings then. So you know it's good to see that really quickly with the Detroit Red Wings. Our Detroit Red Wings are fourteen seven and one now. They've won five straight games. They're eight and two in their last ten games, playing very well. Now only two points behind the Chicago Blackhawks in the Central Division in the Western Conference, and the Blackhawks have two games in hand. So they play two more games than us. So the so the Wings really turning it on when it counts. Great to see that they're playing such good hockey. And some unfortunate news for one of our players, Patrick Eves is going to be out six to eight weeks with a broken jaw. He took a puck to the head on uh, Saturday night when they were playing the Nashville Predators. Thankfully, he's okay besides the fact that his jaw is shattered into a million pieces. Well, he really took the puck on like the side of the head. It almost looked like it hit his ear. But uh, coming up for the Red Wings here really fast, the Red Wings will be playing Tampa Bay at the Joe on Wednesday, and then they travel to Buffalo Friday to play the Sabres, and then to Colorado to play on Sunday against the Avalanche. So that is your Red Wings update. We'll definitely get to a lot more of them as the season progresses. But I do want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap here this evening. Hope everyone out there is having a great night. The Asian Invasion is coming up next. Definitely stay tuned. For everyone here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave. I'm Megan. You guys have a great night out there. Listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.